Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ram fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Well, Ram fans, I think I might have just witnessed the ugliest Ram game I've ever seen, or at least since the Jeff Fisher era. Packers 20, Rams 3. You know, I mentioned before this game that I wasn't concerned about the Rams' ability to contain the Packer offense. What I didn't know is... If the Rams' offense, led by Brett Ripien, could get anything done, could the Rams take advantage of a weak Packers run defense? And to do that, they'd have to pass a little bit. They they couldn't let the Packers just line up and try to stop Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman. The Rams are going to have to prove they could move the ball a little bit in the passing game, right? Could Brett Ripien contribute Could the Rams' offensive line open up holes against this run defense that's going to be probably stacked up against the run early in the game? And are they going to be able to protect them in the passing game? And what we found out was the Rams' defense is up to the task. They played really well without their starting 
inside linebacker Ernest Jones, one of their better players. Not a bad performance by this defense, but the offense just didn't get it done. And, you know, I'm wondering if Sean McVay has been listening to our podcast, especially our roundtable, where Ian Martinez and Paul Walia have been banging on him for several weeks to get the run game going. This is the one game where you're going to have to get the pass game going a little bit, though, to be able to run. I don't care how weak this run defense is. Get Brett Rippin some easy passes to his great receiving core early on. Be a little creative. Get nice, easy passes for your relatively inexperienced quarterback early in the game. We didn't do any of that. This was really a bad coaching performance by Sean McVay. I hate to say it. We'll go through it at the end here. All of the coaching blunders that I think I saw. But in a nutshell, our offense didn't get it done. Our offensive game plan was horrible. Packers were trying to give us this game early on. And it was there for the taking. Just needed some productivity in the passing game to help out our run game. And it wasn't happening. And about that first half, Adam Amin referred to the performances by these offenses as herky-jerky. I think I could come up with a more descriptive term, but I won't use it here. Up until that Cooper Cup catch, the big moments of this game were a couple of were a couple neutral zone infractions by the Packers and Brett Rippon mishandling a snap and then fumbling, setting up the Packers with a short field. Between the slipping and sliding, these silly penalties, dropped passes by the Rams, poor blocking, not a great product from the NFL in this first half. And then Brett Ripon hits Cooper Cup with a 34-yard pass, leads to a 52-yard field goal. If Ripon doesn't fumble early in this game, it might have been 3-0 Rams. Pretty lackluster performance by both offenses, although the Packers did move the ball on the ground a little bit after they got that turnover. The Rams ended up with six first downs in the first half, the Packers 11, Rams 91 net yards, the Packers 151, the Packers 90 yards rushing to the Rams 54, and the Rams a net 37 yards passing to the Packers 61. Both teams had one sack. Packers, seven penalties for 47 yards, and that might be the most significant stat of the first half. Aaron Jones, 12 rushes for 38 yards. Dylan, four rushes for 23 yards. What really padded their rushing stats was Jaden Reed's one rush for 21 yards. Brett Rippon leading the Rams in yardage on the ground, three rushes for 19 yards. Henderson, 10 rushes for 19 yards. Don't know why we didn't see more of Royce Freeman. He had five carries for 18 yards. Those three receptions for the Rams, one by Cooper Cup for 34 yards, two by Puka Nakua for 14. Higby had a target and a drop. Tutu Atwell had two targets, no receptions. One of them was a drop, but it looked like he slipped as he was turning, and that made for a more difficult catch. Still should have had it. Second half didn't start out much better for the Rams. Packers returned the kick to the 47-yard line, but then... We get a splash play of sorts from our defense. Dontavian Wicks with a first down catch. As he's trying to stretch out for that first down, though, he fumbles. The ball bounces up to Akilah Witherspoon. Rams ball. They get down to the Packers' 29-yard line. 
but after an offensive pass interference penalty on Nakua, they end up facing a 4th and 17 from the Packers' 36-yard line. They punt from there. Yes, they punt. And how did their next few possessions go? After Jordan Fuller forces a fumble and Duke Shelley recovers it, Rams set up at the Packers' 36. Three straight runs by Royce Freeman, and they miss a 49-yard field goal. Packers added a field goal on their next drive, And then the Rams turn it over on downs. Then their following possession ends in an interception. Packers had another field goal to go up 13-3. And then Rams go three and out. Packers drive for another touchdown. And that's pretty much game 20-3 in favor of the Packers. So to recap their second half possessions, that punt from the Packers 36. The three straight runs by Royce Freeman after the turnover ending in a missed field goal, turn it over on downs, then an interception, a three and out, and then they turn it over on downs once again. My prediction, by the way, was Rams 20, Packers 10. Not doing good on my predictions this season. What does it all mean? Well, to be frank, folks, it's not good. While the Seahawks, Falcons, and Buccaneers all lost, that's good, The Commanders, Saints, and Vikings all won. Is the Rams season over? No, you know, I'm not totally counting them out. Three and six. It looks pretty dreadful at this point. They can come back from their bye week and beat the Seahawks and the Cardinals. They'll have a little bit of life. They'll have an outside shot at that seventh seed. But I'm not very hopeful at this point, obviously. Let's review my fearsome four keys to the game. What did the Rams have to get done to win this game. First, some key number one was the Rams just got to maul them in the run game. And I knew this was going to be a little bit more of a challenge than you would think going against a pretty weak run defense. But having Brett Ripien, not Matt Stafford back there, makes this a bigger challenge, made it a bigger challenge, and Rams didn't get it done. Royce Freeman finished with 12 rushes for 32 yards, a 2.7 average. Daryl Henderson 10 rushes for 19 yards, a 1.9 average. I'm interested to see what our offensive line grades are for this game, especially in the run game. I don't think they're very good. Saw a lot of missed blocks by everybody. I'm guessing Steve Avila, Joseph Nopum, and Alaric Jackson all had really dismal grades, and Tyler Higbee didn't help out much either. But again, not being able to get anything done in the passing game, not being able to establish that threat at all didn't help the Rams' cause. For some key number two, no free points given up by the offense. Well, that that turnover by Rippin real early hurt immensely, allowed the Packers to go up 7 to nothing, And of course, there was another turnover that led to three points. Not as impactful and direct as in some recent games, but still, we didn't get that done. Fearsome key number three, a splash play by our defense. Well, Akilo Witherspoon made a big play on that fumble recovery after the big punt return and the first down, or it would have been a first down anyways. And then Jordan Fuller causes the fumble, and Duke Shelley returns it to the 36. Hey, the way our offense is playing, these guys got to get into the end zone. So I'm not really calling those splash plays, just takeaways that helped our cause, but I didn't feel good about our offense getting a TD in this game at any point. So a splash 
play to really help would have had to been one that gets our defense into the end zone, unfortunately. And for some key number four, our receivers got to start helping out our quarterbacks. And we failed here. Tutu Atwell slips and had to drop. Maybe if he doesn't slip, it's an easy catch. Higby got separated from the ball. It wasn't as bad as some recent games. I mean, Ripon really didn't have the opportunity to get the ball to a bunch of receivers, but it wasn't a great day for our receivers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Go through some stats here. I already shared the futile rushing effort by our running backs. Cooper Cup ended up with two catches for 48 yards. Nakua, three for 32. Daryl Henderson, two for 16. Demarcus Robinson got on the stat sheet with one catch for 15 yards. Tutu Atwell, Four receptions for just 13 yards. And Austin Trammell got in on the action. One catch for 16 yards. No catches by our tight ends. And that's the thing. Now, you remember that play, the touchdown by Luke Musgrave? Jumping ahead to the coach's corner segment here, but we couldn't get a pass to our tight end. An easy pitch and catch from Rippon to Higby. We can't design a play that gets one of these guys open for a six-yard completion early in the game. Really disappointed in our creativity on offense these past few games. 
Rippin ended up 13 of 28 for 130 yards and the one interception. And he, of course, he had the early fumble. On defense, like I said, these guys played well. Byron Young was all over the field. Eight tackles, two assists, and two sacks, a forced fumble. Kobe Turner flashing as well. Seven tackles, three assists, and one sack. Quentin Lake continues to play well, as does Russ East and Jordan Fuller. Duke Shelley, basically our number two cornerback at this point, with Kobe Durant banged up a little bit. He had four tackles. And Michael Hoyt, say what you want about him. Yeah, he struggles in pass coverage, but this guy plays hard, high energy level, and he does seem to get in on a lot of action. Saw Jake Hummel out there a little bit, but it was mostly Christian Roseboom and Troy Reeder playing the middle linebacker slots. And Laurel Murchison also, I think, had a good game. And Aaron Donald, you know, he looked really good. Not sure how he feels about his team right now, but you can't fault him. But you can't fault him for his level of play, his energy level. And he still looks like one of the best defenders in the National Football League. Packers ended up with 21 first downs to the Rams' 10. Net yards, 391 to 187 in the Packers' favor. And yeah, 391 sounds like a lot, but I still say this defense played pretty well given the situation. Packers did average 4.8 yards per rush, though, to the Rams' 2.6. Packers got to rip him once, and the Rams had those four sacks. Four sacks and two takeaways, and they lose by 17. If there's an area that the Rams did win, it was in the penalty department. Only five penalties to the Packers' eight, and we'll talk about those penalties that the Packers incurred in our review of the refing at the end here. Let's talk about our fearsome four big plays of the game. Now, there were a lot of plays that, when they occurred, looked like they might be really impactful plays, but turned out to be not so big after all. That third and 11, 34-yard pass to Cup and the 52-yard field goal by our kicker, the Packers missing a field goal, Aaron Donald's shoestring tackle that forced a field goal, that third and eight pass to Nakua, and those two Packer fourth and one conversions that were nullified by neutral zone infractions. Both of those plays led to Green Bay punts, but in the grand scheme of things, none of those plays really mattered that much, unfortunately. The plays that did matter were these. Number one was the fumble by Rippon, led to seven points for the Packers. Number two, number two was the missed field goal by our kicker. We weren't going to score many points in this game, and not picking up three points there was really damaging. And then there was Royce Freeman being stopped on fourth and two. And then finally, Rippon's interception that led to another field goal. Lots of little plays, but... Really, it came down to that fumble by Ripping that gave away seven points. If that doesn't happen, we could have gone in a halftime up three to nothing, and who knows what happens. But after watching this offense play 60 minutes of football, I'm not sure any of that would have mattered. A couple of notes I wanted to share. I heard Aaron Donald talking about Brett Ripping before the game a couple days ago, talking about all the nice things he's seen from our quarterback, and <laughs> it just goes to show you, when players start talking up their teammates, take it with a grain of salt. AD was probably just hoping he was seeing something good out of Brett Rippin. Rippin did not look like an NFL quarterback 
today. And apparently Darion Kendrick has been benched. He was active, did not see him on the field at all. He may have been on there for a few snaps, may have been out there for special teams. We'll have to see the data on that tomorrow. Is there anyone I can give kudos to? Well, a bunch of guys on defense, and I already talked about them. Kobe Turner, Byron Young, Michael Hoyt, Aaron Donald, Jordan Fuller, Russ Yeast, Akilah Witherspoon. Can't really complain about their performance. Be interested to see what the grades were on Christian Roseboom and Troy Reader. Probably the two guys most responsible for that 4.8 rushing average the Packers accumulated. As far as the offense, I can't salute anybody. Maybe Pro Football Focus will share some good grades on someone like Coleman Shelton or Kevin Dotson. We'll have to wait and see. Certainly not our running backs. Certainly not our quarterback. Certainly none of our receivers. And for sure, three of our offensive linemen did not play well. Ethan Evans had a couple of really good punts. Also had a poor one, but overall a decent performance by our rookie punter. What do I have to say about the refs? Well, apparently it's a point of emphasis, this neutral zone infraction stuff going on that really hurt the Packers in this game. And I don't quite get it. I don't know why it's a point of emphasis. I look at it this way. If you cannot throw a flag and nobody's going to notice, then don't throw the flag. None of those were obvious. None of them were clear infractions to me. I'm not a trained referee, and I'm, and apparently these guys have been told to call these penalties. Don't quite get it, though. Obvious to them, not to me, so they throw the flag. That could have cost the Packers the game, but it didn't because of the Rams' futility on offense. I like this announcing crew, Adam Amin and Daryl Johnston. Very fair, very balanced, almost too nice to the Rams in some respects, but they did a decent job. Now, I saved the coach's corner for last because we have a lot of things to say here. Third and inches, a jet sweep to Ben Skowronik. Punting from the opponent's 36-yard line. Yeah, you're playing the field position battle. I get it. You signed a guy that's got a giant leg. You're probably not going to score a lot of points in this game. I would have been okay going for it. A safe play where you pick up seven or eight yards, and if a guy breaks a tackle, you get the first down or try the kick, try the 53-plus kick. You already made a 52-yarder, and sure, later on you missed a 49-yarder, but hey, would have made it seven to six. I say the last thing I do is punt from the opponent's 36-yard line. And after that interception, three straight runs by Royce Freeman. Hey, yeah, maul him in the run game but you got to throw it a little. And why didn't we have any gimme passes for Brett Rippon early in the game, get him established, had that one pass to Nakua for 10 yards in the first down. There's got to be plays in Sean McVay's head that are designed strictly and only for getting Brett Rippon an eight-yard completion early in the game. Yeah, we got to run the ball for sure. Absolutely. We've been saying that for weeks, but this is the one game where you got to get the passing game established in order to run. You can run first, pass second, but you have to have in your bag of tricks a couple of easy passes, easy completions for your quarterback early in the game, a little bit of creativity. We saw none of that. Saw it from the Packers. Saw quite a bit from the Packers. 
just didn't see it from the Rams at all. Very disappointing. And overall, I don't think this offense was prepared. They were not prepared for this game. Brett Ripien having trouble handling snaps, guys missing blocks. The game plan, I've already talked about that. The overall approach to just trying to run the ball without getting your quarterback into a tempo. As the announcers called out several times for both quarterbacks, saying how important it was for these guys to get a couple of easy passes to get established, build up some confidence, put the defense on their heels a little bit when it comes to the running game. Rams were not prepared to do that. Sean McVay was outcoached in this one, and I don't think it really took much to outcoach him. This seemed like a very, very lazy offensive game plan. So where do the Rams go from here? Well, they get the week off, come back healthier, hopefully, to host the Seattle Seahawks, who just got shellacked by the Ravens, and now go home to host the Commanders, a team that is fighting for a wild card spot as well. It's not quite over for our Rams yet, but man, it is not looking good. They got two weeks to figure it out. No reason we can't beat these Seahawks. Handled them pretty well on opening day. Let's get back in the win column, come back healthy, get to four and six. Baby steps at this point. Let's break this three-game losing streak, please. going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.